Hello everybody. My name's Honey and you're listening to FMB Radio. I'm glad you're here and I hope everyone's doing okay. I'm not too burnt out by lockdown and everything else going on right now. This is my first time presenting and today I'm introducing the theme of my shows which will be aired every couple of weeks. For these shows called Respect My Voice, we will be exploring FMB Radio's main aim, which is to uplift and amplify the voices of those often overlooked in society. First, I'm going to tell you a bit about myself, then touch on the importance of Respect My Voice, and later we will have a guest speaking about amplifying minority voices. Before I go any further though, I'd like to share some numbers in case anyone is affected by the issues raised in the show. If you have been a victim of a hate crime and need support, you can call Victim Support on 0808168911. That's 0808168911. Or go to their website, victimsupport.org.uk. If you'd like mental health advice or support, you can call the Samaritans free on 116123. That's 116123. One, two, three, or go to their website, samaritans.org. So I should probably introduce myself properly. I'm a first year student at the University of Nottingham and I study politics and international relations, which can be quite heavy, especially at the moment. Um, I'm living near Nottingham right now, but I'm originally from a small rural area near Dover in Kent. In my area, the main issues faced by the community are the conditions of the elderly, immigration through the poor and the channel, and the difficulties facing both small businesses and environmental areas. I often volunteer or take part in fundraising efforts, but I'm also open to learning a lot more about the different struggles that people are going through. It's important for me to note the level of privilege I have in society, and that I'm here to channel and uplift the voices of the community, and hopefully we can all learn something new in the process. There's such a huge importance to gaining new perspective on an issue or having your own perspective highlighted when it has often been ignored or neglected. For example, um, I'm a queer woman, that's the label I use, and throughout my childhood I was rarely exposed or even cognizant of other LGBTQ people existing. That's through no fault of my family, but it was just the area and environment that I grew up in. Um, It's different now. But it was an uncomfortable and somewhat taboo topic to approach. When I finally started to figure things out, I had brushes with people uh, telling me that my lifestyle, as they called it, um, was against their religious beliefs or that it was a phase that I would get over or just that I was doing it for attention. Um, Evidently not the best form of attention. Luckily, now I've found a sort of community and I know people, lots of people just like me. But it's upsetting to think that in many places voices are suppressed or brushed aside out of discomfort. It prevents people outside those communities from learning more and overcoming their prejudice and it prevents people inside these communities from ever getting the recognition and respect that they deserve. The need to amplify minority voices is just as important in Nottingham and the surrounding area. Over the summer, there was an outpouring of support for the Black Lives Matter movement locally, with peaceful protests and other events taking place to express anger over the UK's systematic racism. Despite difficulties with organising because of COVID-19, there was still a larger turnout than anticipated to the demonstrations, which shows that this is an issue that needs to be addressed within the local region. 
Nottingham Trent University and the University of Nottingham both responded by promising to implement further decolonisation policies of their curriculums. Decolonisation means more accurately representing those from ethnic minority groups, for example, by including a more diverse set of teachers and authors. Other institutions, such as Nottingham Contemporary, promise to better their approaches in response to racism and a lack of diversity, which is a welcome development. Throughout these shows, I'll be joined by guests who I'll be interviewing about the week's topic. Okay, so today we have an interview from Maz Nagasa from Canvas for Equality, um, an online collective focused on tackling the topic of inequality within society. The group has a particular focus on racial justice and it's worth popping over to their Instagram account at Canvas for Equality, that's four is in the number, to see interviews, film and series reviews and more. Firstly, can you tell me a bit about your collective Canvas for Equality? Yeah, so we're only about a year old, not even, just under a year old. And we started um, just after the death of George Floyd um, during the first lockdown. I was particularly upset about it and I wanted to make some, like, feel like I was making a real change. So I got together a group of girls that I, I didn't actually know everybody. We kind of just found people that were particularly making noise um, socially. And we all came together and started having Zooms. Um, yeah, and so now it's it's um, lifted off a little bit more than I thought it would in a year. Um, and we've had an event and we've got um, a collaboration with the Turner Gallery. So we've got loads of exciting stuff that I didn't think we'd be able to achieve in this short space of time. You've certainly made a huge splash. It's incredible. Um, for those who maybe aren't as familiar with the topic, what does sort of amplifying voices mean to you and why is it important? So it's just the idea of um, shedding light on areas of society that um, maybe weren't given light before. So on an intersectional perspective, whether it be race, gender, sexuality, um, and kind of speaking about topics that are lesser known to everybody, but really important to speak about so that we can all have discussions and move towards a more equal society. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, is there any one part of society, would you say, um, like um, the education or the justice system or healthcare that is sort of most in need of having minorities' voices heard? I think education is a massive one. I think it all starts when you're young and you have that that mind that is so um, impressionable. And I think kind of introducing more topics um that are important to learn about when you're young would be really important. I think um, that's something we're lacking. I think the curriculum really needs to be reformed in that sense. And I think that would make a big change um, for everybody, yeah. Definitely, what sort of changes would you say should be made? Um, I think kind of having more frank discussions about the idea of race, sexuality, consent, um, feeling like it's less of a taboo and it's something that you have to learn on your own and making it more a space where people feel free to have these conversations, these questions um, from a young age, because I think there's the idea that when you're young, you shouldn't be talking about that stuff. I think that can actually be more damaged than introducing those topics slowly as you you are younger. So, yeah. Mm, Yeah, that's a really interesting idea. I feel like we definitely should explore that more. Okay, would you say then you were talking about intersectionality that both being a woman and being from sort of a minority ethnic community has its unique challenges? 
yeah I definitely think um it's it's a struggle um but I think that's what powers us especially as a collective we're all women um not to say we don't focus on like um all gendered issues but I think it gives us that 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 space as young women I think there's so many problems that we kind of push aside and then also being of mixed race heritage um feeling like I can speak to them about racial issues um because there's a lot there's a lot that we need to do and I think um so some people don't realize how far we kind of have to go so yeah there is a lot of issues still yeah okay yeah. um what would be the most helpful way uh, like in your opinion for someone from a more privileged background to contribute to amplifying black voices I think it's about speaking out um, when you're in that situation where somebody does say something that, you know, not leaving it to the only person of colour in the room, um, using your voice, using your privilege, not being ashamed of your privilege, because we all have an element of privilege, I have an element of privilege, um, and kind of getting rid of that shame and guilt that comes with the word privilege and using that um, to educate yourself, to speak up for others, especially when they might be drained. And um, yeah, just being that voice that I think we all need at the moment. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, okay, now let's talk white privilege. Do you think the idea of white privilege is starting to be recognized more or do you think there's still like a taboo or like discomfort um, surrounding the subject? I think it depends on what, I'm not gonna lie, I think it actually depends on what age group as well. I think that idea is, is this still new forming kind of phrase that people are starting to hear more commonly I think the idea is becoming more known and more accepted but I think there's a bit of a more a, we've got a bit more to go with the idea of breaking down the stigmas behind the word white privilege and kind of like I said before like not feeling guilt or shame mm -hmm. um, and I think with yeah different sections of society there is still a stigma and still a kind of misunderstanding of what it means and misinterpreting it for kind of hatred when it's not that at all it's just an acceptance of something that we all inherit do you know what I mean to yeah. even be in a first world country that we are so yeah yeah that was really well put <laughs> um do you think that the current COVID-19 pandemic has affected in any way um the ability of minority voices to be heard has it caused any difficulties I think, um I think that positively the, the fact that social media is becoming more of a safe space to kind of feel free to speak about issues. I think that's positive. I don't think that that was happening before. And I think um, the death of George Floyd definitely kind of made that um, more of a, an accepting place on social media because it was one of those things like time's up, we need to start using whatever platforms we can. Um, I do think that, that it's hard because there's a lot of things that can't be done right now because of, you know, um, restrictions, but I don't necessarily think it's made things harder. I think it's shed light in a way that I think is positive, but I still think it's kind of like making me aware that we do have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, it's good news that it's sort of, sort of positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, where do you see Canvas for Equality heading in the next year or so? Um, I just want us to be doing more more videos, more discussions. I really want to focus on discussions between um, people this this year. I think that's a really important thing that I've learned. Um, more events, just really spreading the word and kind of 
um, connecting. I want it to form, we're gonna form a community. I want us to feel like whoever's following us is just, we're like coming along with us. We're all having the same vision. That's like mm-hmm. the goal. That sounds incredible. And I wish you'd best of luck with that. So thank you so much for giving your time to talk and educate us. Um, we now have our 60 second shout out segment. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds on the clock to promote any projects or organizations or anything that you deserve, uh, you think deserves uh, more recognition. All right. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Three, two, one, go. So obviously we're at Canvas for the number four equality um, on Instagram. Um, we're about to do a collaboration with at the Turner Contemporary um, Gallery. So that's really interesting to watch out for. We're also gonna take part in the at POW um, Women's Festival. Um, yeah, and shout out to at POW Youth as well. Uh, my Instagram is at mazz.zy um, on Instagram, yeah. Okay, cool, brilliant. Thank you so much for um, yeah participating in this interview. No, thank you so much. It's been really fun. Um, I'm really excited to see you as well. Here for it. <laughs> Maz is a member of Canvas for Equality, so be sure to check out their Instagram page and keep an eye out for their upcoming projects. In the following shows, we will be discussing topics from the ambivalence surrounding feminism to religious tolerance to mental health stigma. Obviously, it's very important that we showcase these issues in a sensitive and inclusive way. So if anyone has any ideas, stories or suggestions that they would like to share, please don't hesitate to contact me at honey at fmbradio.com. Finally, we'll finish the show with a reflection or a challenge, maybe. Today, I want you to think back to where you grew up, somewhere in the UK, somewhere else, wherever. I want you to try and to think about whether there was a group of people or a type of person whose voice would be silenced in that area or community where you grew up. Perhaps there was an absence of people from a certain race or LGBT people or those with disabilities. Perhaps it was a different time altogether and the dynamics of society weren't the same as today. Once you've identified one or maybe even multiple examples of this silencing, Start to look inwards. Do you hold anything against this community? Do you even know much about this community? It can be hard when we've grown up thinking one thing, that a certain group is harmful or invaluable or even non-existent. Sometimes we carry these prejudices into the present, even subconsciously. We continually have to do the work to remove these biases and allow everyone to have a voice. Thank you for listening. It has been a pleasure hosting you. Goodbye.